snippets of timeless classics with ramblings on everything bookish, Ink and Quill connects you with literature, culture and writers in China and around the globe. Discovering literature and following the stories behind your favorite authors, this is Ink and Quill. I'm your host, Yang Yong. It was January the 1st, 1818, when 20-year-old English writer Mary Shelley quietly and anonymously published a gothic horror novel, Frankenstein. A literary novice then, the young woman wrote the story simply as a pet project. She could never have imagined the momentous impact that a fantasy has generated in the next two centuries. From James Wells' iconic 1931 horror film to the household TV show *The Adams Family*, this dark, macabre, and troubling tale has spawned and inspired numerous movies, plays, games, animations, and many other derivative works. The two foremost literary figures of the book, Doctor Victor Frankenstein and the monster he created, have already seeped into all forms of media for at least a hundred years. But why are we still fascinated by this two hundred-year-old story? To answer that question, in today's Ink and Quill, our book critic Shi Yu will team up with fellow bookworm Lu Siray to discuss what makes Mary Shelley's Frankenstein a timeless classic. Hey there, you're listening to Book Chat with me, Shi Yu, and my colleague Siray, a book lover with quite a sophisticated taste. Yoo-hoo! <laughs> Hello, everybody. Okay, welcome, Sri. Today、mm-hmm. we're talking about Mary Shelley's masterpiece, Frankenstein, a subject that I'm personally very excited about because I have watched a couple of adaptations、mm-hmm. uh, from this novel since high school,、mm-hmm. and each one of them has left me quite an impression. I was wondering how about you, Sri?、Hmm. I like the original work more than any other adaptations, actually. So, for our listeners who may not be that familiar with the storyline, Siray, could you give them an introduction? Okay, so this book was written in 19th century, and the story is about a science geek and a human-like and adult-sized monster he has created in his college life. So, this science geek's name is Victor Frankenstein. He grew up normally as any other teenagers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and until he picked up, you know,、uh, chemistry and chemistry's evil twin, alchemy, and、Ooh. also anatomy, and then he started to collect corpses from the、Ooh. graveyards and assemble them together and create a new、uh, human being-like monster. I think the the fan of this book all call this monster Frankenstein instead of. Monster. Yeah. Okay. So basically, this book is about the story between these two guys. Of course, there are some other intervenes, some other characters in the book, but these two are the main characters. I think. I wonder how old were you when you read this story? Uh, that was when I was in college, and that was the first time I read the book. But I have to admit that I was a little bit impatient, probably because the printing was so bad, and plus language was so difficult for me. Another thing I want to mention is that、uh, the way it tells the story. You know, it confuses me till today.、Mm-hmm. I think in the first few chapters, 
this person called Welton, an adventurer who is heading towards the North, North Pole. Pole. Yeah. Yes, he was writing letters to his sisters, you know, back and forth, back and forth. So I was like, okay, so this book must be about this guy. <laughs> and just when I thought it's about him, he came across Victor. Victor Frankenstein. I was yeah. like, okay, you are Frankenstein. You must be the hero of this book. But, But it's turned out like he isn't. He met some weird monster on the top of the mountain. And this monster started to share his life. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like reading towards the end of the book, you know, with a kind of worry this monster would come across somebody else. Mm -hmm. And then he starts to share the story of his life. But luckily it didn't happen. <laughs> no, it, it confuses me till today. Yeah. Like, yeah. what's the point? of this way of telling the story yeah you know I read this story when I was I don't know like really young age maybe at, at elementary school mm -hmm. I can't remember you know the edition I read about maybe it's an abridged version for children but oh. I still remember it has like so many gruesome dark horrified details and this monster it just appears to be you know bowdy you mm -hmm. know greenish and you know hideously ugly okay and, and I just feels like It really scared me. Mm -hmm. So it left me for nightmares, like for days. So I was oh. wondering, did, did you really like this story or not? Because it's like mm -hmm. a good tale for every kid, you know, during Halloween. Honestly, because when I read it, I was already an adult. Right. <laughs> yes. So I didn't pay much attention on the how like ugly this monster is, <laughs> how uh, horrible, how terrible he looks. Okay. But I pay more attention on those plots where he got you know educated by the society when yeah. he was like uh, hiding in a I don't know with some pics of a family you know and then he starts to peep the families and mm -hmm. start to adopt languages yeah and that actually make me feel I'm melted I yeah. like this monster. I feel the temperature. I think it's very warm. Yeah, actually, you can sympathize with him. Yes, and because I can feel my compassion, mm -hmm. I somehow want him to have like a happy life. I want, you know, at some point in his life, he can find this turning point. Maybe he will have like a, you know, more normal life like human beings. Yeah. But unfortunately, he didn't have the chance. Yeah. Hmm. You know, it's kind of surprised me when Mary Shelley wrote this this book. Mm. She's still a teenager, like yeah. 18 or 19. So there are a lot of things I think is quite beyond her age. Yes. But exactly. I realized her upbringing and the pain and her life experience kind of inspired her mm -hmm. to pen down this story because I don't know whether you heard about mm -hmm. her parents. Her mother was a really famous aggressive feminist around that time. And her father, William Godwin, was a very celebrated philosopher. And when Mary was still a baby around 11 days old, her mother passed away. So she was basically brought up by her father. And Godwin, William Godwin, was not very conservative. He taught her about independent thinking. And when she grew up, there were all kinds of intellectual elites gathered mm. around the household. Since a young age, she was exposed to all kinds of cutting-edge ideas, thoughts, technology, mm. including, you know, electric shock therapies. Yes, because at yes. the time, it's a quite a big deal because people believe that life force is identical to electricity. Yes, when I read the book, I was like, where's this, you know, retrospection of technology come from, you know? Mm -hmm. Because usually we say, oh, the development of technology or science encourage people to 
think about life and stuff. So I was thinking this girl is so young, and I was wondering her family or her environment. Yeah, was she really close to the science or the you know cutting edge technology? At her time, that actually、uh, result in her thinking about the development of technology. Well, it's impossible for us to know who gathered at the house of William Godwin,、mm-hmm. but we can be sure like she must be exposed to scientific discussions from time to time,、mm-hmm. because this story is about this mad scientist Victor Frankenstein wants to bring that、mm-hmm. to life, and I think Mary was kind of troubled and burdened by this idea. During her entire adolescence, because her mother died days after she was born, and, and she lost her first child when she was like sixteen or seventeen, she probably subconsciously have this idea about how to bring your loved ones back to life. And she somehow projects this in her story, actually, in this book, because the、um, the the, the so called hero or anti hero, yeah, yeah, Victor,、um, yeah, he actually、okay. determined to. Fulfill his passion or his dream about this, you know, bringing people back into life right、yeah. after the death of his mother. Yeah. So I was thinking, if this is the how Mary Shelley like try to reflect her own life in her work. Yeah, I、mm-hmm. think kind of when Mary was sixteen years old,、mm-hmm. she met Percy Shelley, the famous English poet, and fall in love with him. But the problem is, he was already married around that time. But they still ran away. So we're talking about the early Victorian era. It was extremely disgraceful, and her father was so angry. So William Godwin burned bridge with with his daughter, and Percy Shelley's father kind of cut off his son's financial support.、Mm-hmm. So the young couple had faced all kinds of alienation, rejection, which I think are reflected. In the novel Frankenstein,、mm-hmm. so I think even before she penned down Frankenstein, Mary had already got some subconscious ideas. So when it came to the year of eighteen eighteen, when the young couple traveled to Switzerland to stay with Lord Byron and the famous English poet, and that year the weather was very strange. It was raining, storming basically every day. So when those young Talented people gather together.、Mm-hmm. They wanted to create something to pass the time to entertain themselves. So、okay. Lord Byron actually proposed a writing competition to ask them to write a ghost story.、Mm-hmm. But none of them took this challenge very seriously, except for Mary. Okay, so. Are you saying that this book, like this so popular book and this classic, is just a result of a game? Kind of. Okay. But, but you know, every day, every morning, in her later journal, she said, "All the guys would ask her, 'How is going? Do you have a new idea?'" And she got so frustrated because she, I would say, she's a very aggressive young woman、mm-hmm. because she was living with two. Genius around that time,、mm-hmm. and she really wants to prove <laughs> feel herself. Feel the pressure. <laughs> yeah, she feels the peer pressure. Yeah.、And、eventually, she had a nightmare. She, she kind of dreamed about a man using a machine bring that to life. So that's、oh. the reason why she got inspired and wrote down the story. But some people say, you know, maybe Percy Shelley wrote a, a small segment about this novel. Anyway, no one could prove that. So it is still Mary's idea. Yes, I, I think what amazes. 
surprises me is actually the whole ideal of the story instead of like a little segment of writing. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't care. I just like the story anyways. And I think、um, until today, we still. You know, find some inspirations from Mary's book, from Frankenstein. Yeah, for example, you know, science can go really far, and don't play God because yes,、exactly. you and you need to be aware of you know the consequences of your action. This self-righteous man get punished, and I think it raises the fundamental question about the limitation of human, and. And I just feels like、uh, the shift of power between master and slave because the story、mm-hmm. goes on. It、mm-hmm. seems like their power relation has been switched. I actually had the same kind of feeling、uh, when I read th- those chapters, where you think there's a switch between these two roles.、Mm-hmm. That a lot of people like to,、uh, at least some of my you know classmates read it from like a religious kind of perspective. Yeah. But to me, it's more like. I can't help thinking about technology these days. You know, like in the once upon a time when we use like stones or like hammers, these kind of when simple tools. When we were still quite primitive. <laughs> yeah, primitive. We think like these tools are that we can control them. Yeah. You know, until today, and we have this kind of mentality until today. The arrogance without, of human. Yes,、yeah. without realizing that the things that we are using today is no longer. As simple as hammers, as stones, it's、yeah. like a. Th- these technology these days are like a complicated order. Yeah. So we are only just this little part of this order, and we are nobody to control this whole development. Yeah. And because you know, sometimes I feel like we are, as you said, we people are so arrogant. Yeah. We sometimes ignore the fact that maybe the technology we're using. We feel like we are messing today. Will maybe sometimes override us in the future. Yeah, yeah, and I think the great part is the book is focused on you know the, I would say the evolution, the the the、yeah. evolution of this monster because it, we we see him initially, he's so innocent,、mm-hmm. and it kind of suggests to us like not all monsters are born monsters. So、mm-hmm. I, I really don't like use the phrase monster. Even in this novel, we always people call him monster,、mm-hmm. and people get scared scared away、mm-hmm. just because of his different his physical his looks. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. So there's another really really simple message here: don't judge people by their appearance.、Mm-hmm, exactly. And also, I think he was even though like he's like a adult size, he's like a. A childlike character. Yes, and he was like so-called re-educated by the human society. Yeah. If we think that、uh, he's evil, come on, he learned all these things from humans. Yeah, and due to all these conflicts, the twists and turns, and the question about human nature in the novel of Frankenstein makes people want to translate this story into all kinds of mediums. Shi Yu and Si Rei discussing English author Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, arguably the first science fiction book around the world. Their conversation on Frankenstein, its many adaptations, and how this book has shaped pop culture today will continue after this short break. Don't go away. Stay tuned for more. How to adapt a thriller into a movie? What is your favorite toilet reading? And when to give up on paperback? Want to know the answers? Join our discussion about all the trendiest topics on Ink and Quill. 
Well, as far as we know, when Mary Shelley was still alive, she has watched some、uh, stage adaptation of her novel. But later on, it was actually films take off. So in 1910, Thomas Edison made the first film of Frankenstein, and then in the years to come, there are actually countless of adaptations based on Frankenstein. I know you have watched several Frankenstein movies. Yes. Um, so I'll start from the 1931 version. Yeah, it's the most famous one. Anyways, I I watched a, like the snaps of the、um, version of 1931, and I got a little bit confused of the、uh, change of they made in in those plots. One thing I found it very interesting is that、um, they created this kind of character didn't exist in the original work. Yeah, Harry Frankenstein. <laughs> Henry Frankenstein and the other one is called Freeze. Yeah,、and、he's the assi-、uh, assistant of Victor. Yeah, and as a cameo of the storyline. Yeah. Yes, and then somehow in this version, Freeze he tortured Frankenstein, the monster. Yeah. And so the monster started to kill people because he was tortured when he was born. Yeah. And because I like the original work so much, I kind of dislike this idea.、Mm-hmm. Because I think the f- the reason why Frankenstein, I mean the monster, started to kill was because he felt the hate coming from the whole society. Yeah, and then it's just very hard for him to find a specific person to take revenge on. So he just. Randomly kill someone. Yeah, but、um, in this movie, actually, I think this do-、uh, this director somehow find a very reasonable reason. So I think in the pr- in the book, it was like a hate towards the whole society、mm-hmm. that、um, you would feel like it's something that is very difficult. Like no matter what you do, you it might be very difficult for the monster to forgive. The whole society,、yeah. but in this movie, it becomes like a hate between two beings. Yeah. So it's like a smaller hate. So it makes me feel like it has. It's very different from what、uh, Shelley wants to say. Yeah, I think to some extent, the director kind of downgrade the hatred and the essence of the novel.、Mm-hmm. But because the actor Boris Karloff, he、mm-hmm. played、uh, the monster in this movie, because his makeup is so. Classical.、Mm-hmm. So nowadays, when we talk about Frankenstein's monster, people will think about angry square head,、mm. a mantle bolt through his neck and in his forehead, and kind of greenish skin.、Mm-hmm. So kind of his image has been imprinted、mm-hmm. into the pop culture ever since. It's、and、become iconic. Yeah, yeah.、Mm-hmm. I have to say that.、Mm-hmm. Another detail in this、uh, in this version was about、uh, the brain of. Frankenstein.、Mm-hmm. This detail I found it very, like, very funny because, like, <laughs> I thought you were going to say disturbing. <laughs> it's not disturbing, but like, I I actually saw his brain, but this brain is not wholesome. It's not a complete brain or something. Some part of this brain is missing. So I think this detail is did not exist in the.、Uh, Original book, but it makes me feel like this director wants to say things like, "If you have a good brain, you're gonna be a good person. Oh, you、my. will be, you'll be hugging everyone in your, you know, office,、but、and then you will it, catch kitties and stuff. <laughs> but, um, but if you don't have a good brain, you would be like running around and killing people. That's how I see that detail. 
like yeah. a damaged brain and a good brain. I think just you know in the years to come, I would say for at least a century, like a lot、mm-hmm. of directors have done a lot of movies, animations, TV shows about Frankenstein. I would say most of them are not faithful to the original books. For example, from、mm-hmm. the nineteen late nineteen fifties to the mid nineteen seventies, I think it is Hammer's film.、Uh, they they produced a series of Frankenstein movies, but they didn't give enough. Voice to the monster, so、mm-hmm. they just make it sound looks like a B-rated movies with a lot of blood, bond, gut.、Mm-hmm. So the sole purpose of those movies is to scare people. Yeah, not to impress them with Mary Shelley's brilliant storyline.、Mm-hmm. It's made. I think people are made it into a horror movie these days. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But I actually watched another one in nineteen、mm-hmm. ninety. It's the nineteen ninety four one. I actually like that movie. I think it was like really close to the original work. They made a slight changes, a adjustment to make the story like simple, but it makes sense. You、yeah. know, it follows the what I what I believe what、uh, Mary wants to say in her book.、Mm-hmm. Like if he keeps the traits for each characters. Yeah,、mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's very important. But I think when when we have come to the twenty first century, many directors have have intended to mush up Frankenstein as some sort of pop culture icon with many other genres. Because I remember in twenty o four, I actually watched a movie called When Housing, and、mm-hmm. in here, and rather than resenting his maker Frankenstein, the monster actually admires him, and he is devastated when the doctor is killed by local villagers. So Frankenstein kind of goes after the true villain here, who is Dracula's vampire, saying, "What、okay. is that? What is that?" Yeah, so it goes so far away from the original book,、mm-hmm. and. I I have to admit I、mm-hmm. I don't pay enough attention to、mm-hmm. more traditional adaptation、mm-hmm. about Frankenstein.、Mm-hmm. Actually, I watched the stage play. It was directed、mm-hmm. by Oscar award-winning director David Bowie、mm-hmm. in 2011. Okay. So this one is really famous because it is adapted by the National Theatre of the UK. And actors Johnny Lee Miller and Benedict Cumberbatch they took turns to play the roles of、uh, the monster and Victor Frankenstein. I really enjoyed the stage play,、Why? and because everything it's so powerful, it's kind、uh-huh. of really draw attention, and the emotional power of the play was quite intense. But、mm-hmm. some of the dialogue, some some of the The shows, I think, is a little bit overdone. You don't need to stimulate people's psyche、okay. in, 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 in certain ways. <laughs> Too graphic. But, yeah, yeah. But still, when、mm-hmm. because it kind of frames the story from the monster's perspective. So when、okay. you leave the theater, you are left with a great sympathy. How to, do they do that? Because this play, it really. Penetrates into the mind side of the monster. You kind of watch him, you know, learn how to speak, how to walk, how to understand, how to become this intelligent and quite sentimental being. You kind of feel with him.、Uh, I know the later directors they want to give you know balanced voice to both characters.、Mm-hmm. Like for example, in in twenty fourteen,、mm-hmm. I remember it's a TV show called Penny Dreadful. They try to capture the essence of、mm-hmm. Victor and the the monster. They they try to c- capture both of them as sensible, intellectual, and vulnerable males.、Mm. Uh, but I would say. 
the director probably emphasized too much mm-hmm. on that. You 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 don't think Monster and 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 Victor are that fragile. So okay, I understand. Yeah, I also realized some other you know how to say changes in the adaptations these days. Yeah, for example, in many of the movie versions, I think the directors are all trying to make. Victor, a more more responsible human being. Exactly. Yeah.、Yes. For example, in the version of 1994, there was this like very serious scene, and maybe like for two or three minutes, and he was like standing in front of his mother's tomb, and he was like, "No one should die," you know, having this very like formal kind of、uh, swear, and then he was also. Like affected by the death of his、uh, like teachers,、mm-hmm. uh, his professors. Sorry, yeah. And so he had also this really long and、uh, monologue. Like everybody should live like forever, and they should be, you know, with their lovers forever. Yeah. And that makes me feel like okay, this character actually has this really strong sense of responsibility. While actually in the original work, he wasn't. He just easily. You know, accept these、uh, arranged fa- arranged marriage,、mm-hmm. and he easily accepts almost everything.、Yeah. So I think that it's he's kind it was, of really submissive to the surroundings around him. Yes,、yeah. and and I think it was because of this kind of you know traits, this kind of personality, that makes it possible that、um, he. Barely thinks about the consequences of making、yeah. a, of creating a new human being. Yeah, yeah. If he is a responsible person, then he would probably think about what am I going to do with this thing. Yeah, right. But he didn't think about that. I think over the centuries, just like people once said, there are a thousand Hamlet in a thousand people's eyes,、mm-hmm. and people kind of give Frankenstein like different interpretations.、Mm-hmm. Like I remember, you know, politicians in the. Nineteenth century in the UK and the US,、mm-hmm. they kind of use this book as kind of a warning of do not free your slaves, otherwise they they will become monsters. And some people say it's a you know warning to talk about you cannot discriminate people with you know different、uh, physical appearance or people with disabilities, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or some people will use it as an example of poor parenting. Mm. So, because you want to update this story written by Mary Shelley in two hundred years ago,、mm. some people say, "Okay, now today, since we're talking about feminism all the time, why don't we change Victor Frankenstein into Victoria Frankenstein?" And now, <sighs> that's and, ridiculous. Say, and I even find the comic book about Frankenstein involve a、uh, police violence in America. All in all, it just feels like this story has been abused. <laughs> I would say not my, abused. It's just changed so much. Been abused. If you know, if I think if Frankenstein can talk today, he probably would say, "Leave me alone." That's <laughs> not me. Okay,、right? but but still, I I still think it is one of the most classic literature. Yes, you it, know. Yes,、uh, it is because. For a lot of people, this book is probably the first science fiction、mm-hmm. around the world、mm-hmm. because this is the first book that kind of introduces the idea, the notion of the good intention of technology could actually go high wire. Yes, and, exactly. And, and technology can actually bite you back, and it's kind of a talk about the creation of artificial life,、mm-hmm. like this monster or artificial intelligence. They can be so 
intelligent, mm-hmm. and it realizes it's not a human being, and it understands the beauty of being human. Mm-hmm. But he can't be the part of the human society, so it kind of you know rebels against human being, just like Blade Runner, <laughs> you know, two thousand one Blade Runner okay. and Alien, Prometheus, all those pop culture. I think they are all inf- kind of influenced mm-hmm. by Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yes. So actually, what you said reminds me of this、um, this robot who actually owned citizenship, and then、uh, she turned down a like a proposal <laughs> from India, a、yeah. marriage proposal. Yeah,、actually. a marriage proposal. You know, when you talk about robots, it just reminds me whenever we want to describe something. Some alarming development. No matter it is in weather, in science, in fashion, technology, we'll use this vocabulary, Frankenstein. So I think one of the greatest contribution or one of the greatest legacy left、mm-hmm. by Mary Shelley is kind of she coined this term、mm-hmm. for the future generation.、Mm-hmm. So whenever there is something we think probably will we're going to out of our control, we'll use that term, Frankenstein. Oh, okay, <laughs> but、um, I think. I I don't know if she was the the first one who raised the this kind of concern over technology. Probably so because before her we we have gothic novel,、mm-hmm. we have fantasies, but she's the first one involved technology. Yes, but、um, I think every time and until today, when we feels like these、uh, technology or science are out of control,、mm-hmm. we. Just use the same kind of memes in horror books. I have to say that、um, we human beings have this really great ability to adapt to all kinds of changes. I believe we also faced some ethical issues when we first transplant a heart,、mm-hmm. a liver. Yeah, or or something else. But、yeah. today we people were scared around that time. Yes, but now it's like oh, a successful surgery. Okay, good luck. Okay, have fun. Have a good day.、Mm-hmm. And we s- sort of you know getting used to these kind of things. Yeah. So sometimes I am also thinking, like, is it necessary for us to worry about technology? Because is it necessary for us to worry about Frankenstein's monster? Yes, because we always can. Find our way to, you know, make friends with our technology, make friends with Frankenstein. You know, now we understand Frankenstein is actually a good, good being. I think a lot of people would say like we would learn lessons from this, and we can make friends with them. And in the future, we won't make the same kind of mistakes. Honestly, I don't know. I think we will still use the term Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster, because as long as we are still arrogant, stupid, or ambitious to toy with technology. Mm-hmm. We're still worried about Frankenstein's monster. Shi Yu and Si Rei sharing their thoughts on the novel Frankenstein. Since this year marks the 200th anniversary of the publication of this masterpiece. On that note, it's time to wrap today's program. Don't forget that there are always more interesting happenings in the literary world, and we will try our best to keep you posted. To learn more about us, you can follow our Facebook account China Plus, or simply download our podcast by searching the keywords "Ink and Quill" on iTunes. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host Yang Yong. Until next time.